let's start off by you telling us a wee bit more about you and what you do. Oh, well, thank you for the introduction. Hope I live up to it. Uh, and thank you for the invite to come on here today, Austin. I appreciate it. Uh, well, I'm Steve. I'm the business development manager for IT Works. Uh, we're a company who provides IT support, cybersecurity strategies, things like that for many, many companies of every size uh, to offices throughout the world. Uh, I've been with the company for just over a year uh, with yours and Pretty Firm Foundation uh, Build for the Future there. Personally, I've been in business development for, well, 25 years now, which over a few different sectors, but 25 years sort of pleases me, but terrifies me at the same time, that uh, accelerating downhill as fast as possible. And also, in addition, you said uh, the recently became the VP of the Chamber, which I'm enjoying very much. Um, I'm a business mentor through Scottish Chambers as well. Uh, so I've got quite a few things in the go. <laughs> Keep shit out of mischief then, Steve. Uh, um, almost, almost. <laughs> Tell us what you like best about what you do. Is there a story to that? Well, I mean, there sort of is. A, a wee peek behind the curtain. And it's a pre-watershed one, so don't worry. Uh, for those who don't know me that well, back in the dim and distant past when I was a teenager, I was I suffered massively from shyness and lack of confidence and things like that, uh, to the point of feeling physically ill with nerves when I was in the company with anybody. But when I turned 18, I was basically a complete and utter waste of space. Uh, wasn't a very good human being, wasn't doing very well in anything, was dotting from bad job to bad job, and then I was pretty much forced by my parents uh, on the point of leaving their homestead pretty quickly uh, to go and get a job, and went and got a job in a bar in Aberdeen that was basically fully stacked with sociopaths. Uh, it was a terrible place to work, it was awful, the violence was indescribable. Uh, the the banter was as sharp as you can possibly imagine. However, the the thing about that experience was I was there for about 10 months. And over that 10 months period, built up my body, built up my mind, built up my communication skills and stuff like that. And coming out of it, even over that 10 months period, I was no longer shy. I wasn't scared. I wasn't nervous. Um, um, to the point that many would say I've went by far and away the opposite direction now. Uh, so maybe tending towards overconfidence now and again. And, and and it's and it it had a huge effect on my life. It was formative for me. But I, so I mean, to get back to the original question, from spending my formative years not wanting to do anything with anyone, I've I'm there somebody who thrives in the energy of others. I, I love talking to people. I love hearing their stories, their successes, the troubles they're going through. And thankfully, my job is based just purely on communication. So it's pretty much just as well. I enjoy it and I got used to it. Yeah, and I mean, you talked about mentoring and I know that you've helped other people who you know maybe wouldn't have thought of themselves as natural networkers or or kind of were quite introverted and found it really difficult to strike up conversations so you know it's it's I think that's the the interesting thing isn't it about the way that the chamber network tends to work is people are are happy to kind of share their personal experiences so that sounds like it was an incredible and early experience for you. I mean it, it was it was I look back at it now and laugh my ass off at some of the stuff that happened, but it terrified me at the time. I mean, some of the things that happened were ridiculous. I eventually laughed because somebody stabbed me with a broken bottle. I mean, this is, this was a scary kind of place. But it it 
just flicked a switch in me. To be fair, I'd rather flick the switch in 10 minutes rather than 10 months, but it did eventually. But I can still do back at that time remember what I felt like. So from the mentoring point of view, I do get asked a lot because I do enjoy networking. I I look like I'm good at uh, being six foot seven cubed is a big advantage because it means people remember me and can see me coming. But people say, well, you, you make it seem natural. But I'm, what they miss is that 10 minutes of self-doubt in the car of me going, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm going, car in reverse. No, I need to go, car back in the park. It's the, the networking is not an easy thing to do. Nobody is a natural networker. It's it's a it's a difficult journey to get through. You just have to accept that everybody's in the room together for the same th- for the same thing. They're all in the room for the same purpose. And I've never had somebody turn around and at a networking event and say, "No, I don't want to talk to you." And I've never seen that happen to anybody. So go in there with a positive mindset, and you'll get something out of it. Just don't be scared. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good advice. Um, one thing that we're I'm asking all the people as they're doing these interviews is what their favourite thing is about Dundee and Angus. So, have you got something? I, I assume you mean except for the vibrant and growing chamber of commerce, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not. People will probably tell or, or know my and can tell the accent isn't exactly Tayside. Uh, so I've been, I've lived in the region for probably seven years in Carnoustie and now in Brechin, and I've worked here for maybe about five years. There's, there's still surprises in the region, I'm sure there is. Uh, I do like that living in the glamorous metropolis of Brechin, I'm only half an hour away from Dundee and Aberdeen, so I can easily access city life. Uh, but I can also jump in the car, drive in any direction for five minutes, and I can be in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Uh, normal times, there's Plenty for me to do with the kids. Uh, I've got two young daughters who are nine and eleven, so it's great. I mean, obviously things have closed down a wee bit now because of COVID, etc. But there's, but there's there's nice things to do out and about with the children. There, I think there could be more. There's, I've seen some staggering things worldwide for kids to do, and I think it would be great to attract something major to the region uh, for for the young folk. But but there's still plenty to do at this point, yeah. Sounds. I mean, I I I see some of the kind of experiences you have when you're away, and some of the things that you can see in other parts of the world. It would be great to import some of that, wouldn't it? I know we've often often talked about that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's yeah. it's difficult because we're also in a centre population. Uh, you know, our nearest major centres of population are an hour and a half down the road, and really, if you're going for proper population, you're down to Manchester, Birmingham area, but. Well, I think there's still opportunities here to to have, as we've shown with the V&A, there's an opportunity to have a world-class attraction in Dundee, uh, in the Dundee and Angus area. And I think the grown-ups have got their thing now. I'd love to see something for the kids. And that's an altruistic thing because by the time it happens, my kids will be too old to enjoy it anyway. So it's just, I think it's just, there'll there'll be, there be something great about having this thing in this area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be the Eden project. Um, I'm very interested to see what becomes of that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that I think that's fantastic. And I'm looking at the, the e-game arena as well. I mean, if something like that comes along, there was talk in the past about the comic museum uh, down at the waterfront as well. You know, something along those kind of lines will continue to put the region on the map and and be something for another generation of people. 
Definitely, definitely. Okay, another thing that I'm just asking everybody is what's your favourite time of year and why? Mm. Well, because of the kids, there's still a, in the ages there, there's always a big deal made about Halloween and Christmas. I mean, Halloween planning starts in about July in, in our house. <laughs> uh, so there's, there's a great deal of excitement for them and obviously in reflection to me, although I am not dressing up to be trick and treat them. Uh, any and any time I've got them for holidays uh, is fantastic. I love getting away in the sunshine, as as you well know, uh, if you're keeping up with Facebook. And to be even here, the autumn, this period of time, the changes in the landscape are spectacular. The colour of the trees and stuff like that, I, I get a big kick out of. Commercially, I think anything that isn't the school holidays is great because uh, these do tend to affect your possibility of getting older people and getting decisions made and things. Uh, that several weeks over summer is a bit of a, a low period for me personally. They're looking for new business. Uh, and but commercially, probably looking at springtime because you're looking at a lot of end of financial years, things like that. That tends to be when a lot of our contracts renew. It's when a lot of other IT companies' contracts renew or don't as well. So, uh, so yeah. Brilliant. Um, now, we're not in full lockdown at the moment. I've been talking to people and doing these interviews since kind of April time. And this question was really kind of geared up when we were properly locked down. We're a bit restricted at the moment. There's all sorts of threats of, of other lockdown. But what's the thing that you're missing most about the restrictions and the lockdown? I don't, it's probably still face-to-face interaction. I know, I know, we have this here, but it's 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 not the it's not the same. I know how much you like a hug when we first meet you because you want everybody to do that. I know that. Uh, but, but my whole working life is driven by meeting clients in their offices or sitting in the mall, Maison, or in Landmark or something, having a cup of coffee and a chat. And whilst I'm doing that to an extent just now, it's maybe a few times a week, whereas seven, eight months ago, it was a few times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so really, probably would be that more than anything. Personally, you know, having as many social places open and stuff, I'm, I'm, I do quite, I, I do still like a night out and things like that, even at my age, and having the lack of that, you no know, live music on the go, I miss live music. Uh, yeah, there's, there, are, there are a few things that I didn't, really realise I would miss. You know, even missing taking the kids to soft play in Dundee. I never thought I'd miss a soft play. However, <laughs> here we find ourselves. Uh, so, so yeah, just just the stuff that I would have taken for granted before uh, that, I, that I would take for granted again. Yeah, yeah. Tell us how your work has changed during the crisis and what the future's holding. I mean, it, it's also been a challenge for me looking for new business and having the face-to-face things that kicked out of the park for a while. I've had training from big companies like Xerox and Apple and mentored by many great leaders and managers and things like that, but nobody's ever taught me how to sell in a pandemic. Uh, so that's causing a problem. I'm, there's a, I'm getting a foothold on it now, but it has taken a bit of time, you know, coming off a of furlough and stuff and coming back into it again where we're maybe in lockdown, but we're maybe not. And we're always waiting for that 12, 15 uh, press conference to see what's happening tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that's been difficult. 
Zoom and Teams fatigue, I think, is beginning to kick in a lot of people as well. Uh, I'm popping paracetamols like Smarties because I'm out of time on the front of screens rather than cutting about the place with Spotify on on my way to a meeting. <laughs> so it's you know, trying to trying to get used to that is is tough as well. I mean, as for the future, I, IT works have have a very solid foundation of great clients that we've looked after really well. They, uh, the the amount of feedback I've had from clients about the seamless transition we gave them moving from the office to working from home and having no issues around that has been fantastic and. The future pretty bright for us, I think. There's there's obviously a reticence for companies to spend money just now because they want to know what's happening in two months' time, what's happening in three months' time. There's all the scare stories going around and stuff like that. And it's it's tough for people to make budgetary decisions. But from our present client base, we're really strong and getting a pretty strong pipeline as well for the next six months. So... We've we've navigated that really well, and I get a, a personal thing for me. Before this all kicked off in like February time, I was I basically agreed I would work from home anyway because I would only I spend so many so much of my time in client offices and hotels and coffee shops and stuff like that. It was really worth me driving all the way up to Aberdeen and back. So we'd already arranged for me to work from home about a month before this all happened. So it's mm-hmm. not been a massive effect for me to be honest. Uh, I'm slowly, slowly getting to get up to the whole thing, but it's yeah, it's major changes, and it. I think in addition, it's knowing how the person you're trying to communicate with wants to be communicated. Like, if that makes sense, you know, are they more comfortable with a phone call or a video call or an email or a LinkedIn message or a text or, and it's trying to get to the bottom of that and remembering who likes what. I think it's a tough thing just now as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it, and it's. It's interesting, isn't it, that, you know, you just can't really do all the things you might want to do, which leads me really nicely to my next question. Thank you for that segue. (laughs) Um, To be fair, that was not on purpose. (laughs) When we're more freely able to get out and about, um, what would be on your lockdown escape bucket list? As if I didn't know. Oh, Dubai, next. (laughs) Tell tell everybody about what goes on. I love it. I need I need a shisha in the Rio Star Cafe in Dara City Centre. I need I need it. Uh, I, I love I love it. I love the Middle East region. I love the weather, the people, the culture. It's it's not just Dubai itself. I mean, I, lo- I love Dubai because it's a great hub to go other places. So if I'm there on my own without the kids, I can. I'll take a couple of days in Kuwait City. I'll go to Tehran for a couple of days. I'll go to Muscat for a couple. You know that kind of thing. Uh, if I have the kids or Kizania, Legoland, water parks, things like that, there's there's so much to see and do. And it's not it's not really just the obvious bling of the tall buildings and the expensive shops and stuff. I mean, I'm more comfortable in the the crappiest, cheapest shisha bar possible, having a a smoke of the pipe and sitting having a Turkish coffee and trying to strike up a conversation badly with a local. It's uh, and I need I like the sunshine. And I need the sunshine. I I actually got away in March, just before and just made it back before Armageddon started. Uh, so I'm glad I managed to get that. And then I'm now I'm booked to go back on the 30th of December for the whole. Let's try and set fire to Burj Khalifa with four million fireworks fiesta. 
so I'm crossing my fingers that that will be possible, but I'm not convinced it will be, to be fair. I think uh, New Year's Eve may be spent in a flat and breaking watching only an excuse. And then a PSL game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> If you had a message for people out there about the things you've learned yourself about the world of work and business, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, I mean, there's always a few pithy statements that you pick up if you, you know, over your years. If you probably, if you don't ask, you don't get. Is probably the, probably the biggest one I can remember. <laughs> uh, but I mean, above all, just. Be yourself. I mean, I, I did spend my I did spend my, my first years in sales trying to flex my personality or my delivery style or something to suit the person I was talking to. But it's a, it's a short term cheat. You're you're never going to get through that. And I mean, I know I know you'll find this unbelievably difficult to grasp. Also, but not everybody likes me. I know that's shocking news to anybody who's watching this. Poker face. Poker face. Quite, quite frankly, I don't care. It's it, if there's somebody if there's someone that somebody doesn't like about me, I'm not going to change that if they can't accept who I am. It, why would I want to spend my time with them or do business with them if I'm having to act up in a different kind of way? So back in the day when I would have done anything for a deal, not quite anything, but not far off it, I realised that not every pound you take in is a good pound. I'd rather spend my time working with people who I enjoy spending time with, who enjoy spending time with me, and we both get something personally out of the out of the relationship as well, rather than rather than being a grudge on either side. So so yeah, really just never change who you are just to please somebody else. Will be it. I like it. Sorry if you're looking wise. for something a bit more highbrow. Wise works indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't ask, you don't get. Was one of my mum's favourites, so I really like that. <laughs> Shy birds get like that kind of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just, uh, just asking. I mean, I've, you know, people do. I don't know how you can do sales. It must be scary asking for asking for a sale. It's not great, to be fair. And if somebody says no, the first time it happens, it's a killer. I mean, it's an absolute and utter heartbreak, and it takes you weeks to go over the first time somebody says no. See, by the 500th time somebody says no, done. It's finished. It's just, it's, it, you get over it as quickly as the word no. And it's, it, 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 it gets better all the time. And there's just no point in putting yourself through the mill to try and do it any different way. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel, I think we find that in the chamber too. The people that get what we're about and that want to engage are the ones that it's much more natural for and we're able to find so many more kind of ways to support and connect people and and you're absolutely right you don't necessarily want to force somebody's hand either because it just you know whether it's you selling them or whether it's us you know forming a, a relationship with them it's it's got a feel right too doesn't it yeah it does and, and like the chamber network and stuff you guys put the opportunity out there and if people want to take up take up the opportunity, find the well. If they don't, there's no point in forcing people in to do it because they won't get enough out of it. And and it is to me, it's all it's all about. I try and get quickly from the guy IT works to Big Steve. I try I try and make that journey pretty quick so that the person I'm talking to actually knows me as a person, likes me as a person. 
because people buy from people. Here's a pithy statement for you. Uh, and it's it's about shortening that journey as much as you possibly can. But it's it's only worth doing if, if you're going to get something out of it yourself. And it, it has to be a personal thing. It's not I'm not talking about getting a purchase order, I'm talking about getting some kind of personal growth out of it too. Yep. Well, that leads me very nicely on to the last thing, which is how do people get in touch with you if you want to chat? Uh, yeah, uh, my email address is steve at itworksuk.com. Itworks has got an X at the end of it. Uh, or you can message me on LinkedIn. As you well know, I'm never really off LinkedIn, so a message on there is always gratefully received and swiftly dealt with, unlike a message on Facebook Messenger, which normally takes about a day. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, get them on there. And uh, yeah, be happy to have a chat with anybody about anything IT-related. Business related, chamber of commerce related, Tottenham Hotspur related, cheese sandwich related, anything at all. Always <laughs> happy with a chat. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Steve. It's been a pleasure interviewing you and kind of hearing a bit more and, and kind of just getting some answers to some of these questions. If you are watching us and you're watching this video, you might be seeing it on the YouTube channel that the Chamber's got. Um, maybe it's appeared on our social media um, or maybe on our new website, which is coming soon. So uh, massive, massive thanks to Steve. Um, really appreciate it. If you would like to take part in our take a seat um, member interviews then please give us a shout and we'd love to have a chat so thanks for your time steve thank you my pleasure thank you